0: Yep, that's right. Another week talking about money. I'm sorry. But if you're watching this, all you hear about at the moment is money. Money, lack of money, cost of living crisis, budget, recessions, yada, yada, yada. But we want to be helpful. And that's why I'm going to take back my apology. We can't avoid money. We can't avoid spending it. And so let's make it work better for us. In the last two weeks, we've talked about how to live freely where we're not controlled by our finances. And then we've considered how do we live with margin that could help take away some of that stress. I genuinely hope these have been helpful. And if you've not seen them, click online and watch them. Now, with both these areas, I know there will still be some of you that will say, that just doesn't apply to me. Maybe money has its rightful place in your life and you've got all the margin you need and more. But wait, don't get too smug just yet because today we're looking at something that does affect us all. It affects us all because even if you try to avoid it, by the very nature of living, we are all spenders. It is quite impossible to live and not spend any money at all. Now with this current cost of living crisis and the fear of the recession to come, many of us will look to tighten our belts a bit, whether that's cutting out luxuries that we used to buy or swapping branded items for supermarkets own, maybe researching things before you buy it, Perhaps some of you have started to turn the lights off at home more, turn off the tap, put washing loads on overnight, all to try and save a few pounds on your energy. But whilst you're busy saving money here and there and making ends meet, have you ever stopped to consider if your consumer choices are impacting this world for good or bad? And that's the conversation I want to open up today with this question, does it really matter where and how I spend my money? Now, I'm sure none of you have done this, but for me, I can step into the well-known fast fashion store Primark with no intention of really buying anything. And before I know it, I'm at the checkout and they're saying that's £83.61, pence, please. Is that okay? Or how is it that you go to the supermarket to do your weekly shop and you can come home with baked beans, bread, cereal, and oh yes, a whole new outfit. Is that okay? With not a second thought, I'm sure I'm not the only one who makes impulsive purchases. Maybe your thing is tech. You wait for the latest upgrade to come out and then work out how you can get it. Or it's books or cars or other collectible items. But let's just stick with clothes for a moment. It's the thing that I know most about. The fashion industry in the UK is worth a whopping 21 billion pounds. Long gone are the days of mother making a yearly trip to buy the material to make your two new dresses, your everyday one and your Sunday best. Now we're faced with hundreds of shops and not just in the high street, I mean, definitely not in the high street. More and more are online. Gone even are the more recent days when the fashion industry revolved around two main collections spring, summer, and autumn, winter. Now there can be 30 to 50 fashion seasons in a year, which results in an industry that's had to deal with very quick lead in times and high product turnaround. Producers are playing off against each other according to who can produce things the most cheaply. And the industry rests on the backs of an estimated 40 million garment workers, the overwhelming majority of whom work for pay that doesn't even allow them two meals a day. Plus all the inevitable social and environmental abuses that accompany such a system. I know it might sound like I'm getting anyone who's buying clothes. Hello, if you know me at all, you know that would make me the biggest hypocrite ever. But fast fashion is a highly profitable and often exploitative business model, with clothes mass produced and then sold at low prices. Brands have been accused of all sorts, factory workers doing long hours, piles of clothes ending up in landfill, and even inappropriate advertising aimed at children. The well-known online retailer Sheen is one of such companies. Sheen last year overtook Amazon for mobile app downloads, and it's valued at $100 billion. Last year, it became the world's largest fashion retailer, overtaking H&M and Zara. But Sheen has been in the press for more sketchy reasons. It's reported that workers who sew their clothes have been putting hidden messages in the clothes labels. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but things like, help me, need your help, I have dental pain, they've been appearing on the care instruction labels. Now, I was in two minds whether to even say this information because I wouldn't want to diss a company publicly without knowing the facts. And I don't know the facts, but that's kind of the point. Until we do know the facts, we need to carefully consider where our clothes come from. And for that matter, any purchase we make comes from. Who's making this? In what conditions are they having to work? In me buying it, am I contributing to bad environments and working conditions? But our consumer choices don't just come into play in the products we buy. Do you consider your carbon footprint and the contribution you're making to emissions with the purchases you make and the way that you live? Greta Thunberg, the now famous young Swedish activist, came to be a household name from an incredible talk she gave at the age of 16 about climate change. She shone the light on this issue that climate change, increased emissions and greenhouse gases are causing this planet to deteriorate at an alarming rate. According to the latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, we're heading towards exceeding the target on increased temperature of our atmosphere that was made back in 2015. Based on current emissions, we're on track to hit 3.1 degrees of warming by the year 2100. The target was 1.5. Extreme heat events are happening more often. And whilst we might like the hotter spells in summer, there's a reason to it. Sea levels are rising faster than ever before, with ice caps shrinking at the fastest rates in history. Average wildlife populations have dropped by 60% in just 40 years. And it doesn't have to be that way. If we acted with a bit more wisdom, we could slow down some of those statistics from increasing further. Now, this is all good and all, but why are we talking about this in church? Why does it really matter where our clothes come from and what contributions we're making to climate change? Now imagine for a moment your ideal home. Now for some, that might be a 15-bed mansion with grand rooms and even grander grounds. Or for others, you dream about living the tiny house dream in a little cabin. Either way, think about that place. Now imagine you'd worked really hard to make that happen. You'd put all your money into it. You spent hours working on getting it just how you want it. You've got your perfect furniture decor that looks like it's come from an interiors magazine and finally when it was all finished you sat down and were super proud of how it looked. Now to show off your new here home you invite your closest bestest friend who you love to come and stay for a weekend and you're so excited for them to see the house and to share the house with them. Friday comes round and your friend turns up pickaxe in hand And they start smashing everything to pieces, pulling cushions off the sofa, slashing them, spreading feathers everywhere, pulling vases and plates, glasses, and smashing them into hundreds of tiny pieces all over the floor. They grab graffiti paint and spray obscenities over your beautifully papered walls. And then to top it off, they pour lighter fluid over everything, chuck in a light and turn around to leave. Now that's probably a bit of an extreme example, but this is a picture of what we've done to this world our home that God created for us. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we can read the story of creation where God has made this perfect world with perfect design and where nothing goes wrong. There are plants and flowers of every color you can imagine, animals frolicking in glens and woods. And then God makes his peace de resistance, mankind, man and woman. We read in the first book of the Bible God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. See, that was God's intention for this world, a beautiful paradise that was ours to enjoy, to look after and to keep looking after so it remained perfect. But we took a sledgehammer to it, not deliberately, but we ruined the perfection that God had created. Billy Graham was a well-known preacher from the last century, and he said this about our responsibility to care for the planet. He said, why should we be concerned about the environment? It isn't just because of the dangers we face from pollution, climate change, or other environmental problems, although these are serious. For Christians, the issue is much deeper. We know that God created the world, and it belongs to him, not us. Because of this, we are only stewards or trustees of God's creation, and we aren't to abuse or neglect it. When we fail to see the world as God's creation, we will end up abusing it. Selfishness and greed take over and we end up not caring about the environment or the problems we're creating. And he said that 50 years ago. Now, I believe this is a responsibility for all human beings, regardless of faith. And so if you're watching this and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, this is for you as much as anyone else. But for those who say they love God, there is an extra responsibility to care for this planet. When Jesus was walking on this earth, some people asked him, what is the greatest commandment? That's just another word for instruction or commitment. And his reply was this, to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So part of our loving God is doing the thing he created us for. And what did he create us for? Well, to bear his image, to be like him. And he entrusted this world to our care. So caring for God's creation is one of the most fundamental things that we can do. But it's not the only time it was mentioned in the Bible. We can also find these verses. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Or for every wild animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the air and all that moves in the field is mine. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. All things have been created through him and for him. See, the earth is really important to God. So if we know there's a problem and we continue to educate ourselves, and if we believe that we should make a difference and look after this planet, what's stopping us? Because these two things are not new to me, and I'm guessing they're not new to many of you. And I'll be honest, I'm not the most ethically conscious person to be telling you this. But then if we also throw in the fact that we're living through a cost of living crisis, and to me, and maybe to you, the thought of living ethically always appears it's going to cost us something, it's going to cost us more. Well, let me give you some ideas. Someone I once knew in the church I grew up in uh, had a really interesting attitude to money and to spending. Every time she spent money, she would first research everything to make sure it was ethical. But secondly, for every pound she'd spend, she'd also give a pound away. Think about that for a minute. £60 of food, £60 to charity. £80 of fuel in the car, £80 to the church. Now you could think, wow, she must have a lot of money to be able to do that. Truth is, she really didn't. What it meant is she hardly bought anything. Everything was carefully planned out and researched and if there was an alternative to buying something, that's what she would do, not stealing mind. Now that might be a bit much for you and I to try, but there are some simpler actions I want to leave you with as we try to think more ethically. One thing we can try and do is to buy the most ethical things we can. There's a website called ethicalconsumer.org and on it, it has lists of everything from shampoo to socks, books to bank accounts, and you can search what you're looking to buy and it will give you a rating on how ethical it is, based on various factors such as production practices, workforce, materials used, trade partnerships, how it invests its money, how does the company pay tax, uh, their impact on climate change. For interest, two of the better fashion retailers are Marks and & Spencers and H&M. Must be something about using initials. How about, though, thinking less is more? Do you really need that new pair of shoes? Is it really necessary to upgrade your smartphone again? Is there a better, low-consumption alternative? And trying to live a more simple life won't just save you money and be more ethical. You may find it brings about another level of contentment and satisfaction for you. I follow a page on Facebook called Becoming Minimalist and they have some great tips on how to cut out all of the clutter and non-essentials in our lives. Or how about trying to get creative before you recycle or throw something away? whether it's going to rubbish or being recycled, could something else be done? Could it be fixed or reused in a different way? Could someone else make use of it if it's no good to you anymore? Another thing we can do is to shop pre-loved things. Do you have to buy something new? Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Vinted, all great places to search out pretty much anything. Remember, this isn't just about getting a bargain. This is about the impact that our spending has on the world around us. And finally, how about we try and reinvigorate the local community? See, this cost of living thing isn't just affecting us, it affects companies and businesses too. Businesses that you know. I know for me there's something about convenience that makes me turn to Amazon for literally everything. But if we stop to think about where we were buying from, firstly, we might not make a purchase at all. And secondly, we could support someone who's far more grateful for our custom than the big boys like Amazon. By maybe taking one or two of these ideas, we start to take seriously the call to care for our planet. And in doing so, we get to demonstrate our love to the maker of this planet, God himself, and our fellow human beings, both now and in the future. In Greta Thunberg's famous TED Talk, she said, the climate crisis has already been solved. We already have all the facts and solutions. Thunberg says, all we have to do is wake up and change.